dear conference participants. Uh, the topic of our panel is uh, about how to reanimate the European economy and prevent its chronic disease. A special focus of our conversation will be placed on achieving ambitious climate change targets. Let me briefly introduce distinguished participants of our panel. We are still waiting Mr. Andrius Kovilius, member of the European Parliament, former Prime Minister of Lithuania. I hope he will join us in a moment. We are also waiting for Director General Celine Gauer, Head of Recovery and Resilience Task Force of the European Commission. But we have already with us Mr. Zoltan Pagatsa, lecturer at the University of West Hungary, and Mr. Martin Avulinch, very famous economist at uh, one of the biggest Latvian bank, and also my colleague, he is uh, like me, a uh, member of um, Fiscal Discipline Council of Latvia. And let me also introduce you myself. I'm Ina Steinbuka, your moderator of this very <clears throat> uh, interesting, I hope, conversation. Uh, I used to serve for 13 years at the European Commission, uh, right now, professor of the university and also head of Fiscal Discipline Council. How will we work? Uh, initially, I will give the floor for our distinguished participants, but please do be concise and speak no longer than about seven minutes because you will have another opportunity to speak more. Uh, with a follow-up question and also answering the questions of the audience. And uh, just to uh, begin our, our conversation, let me recall that the previous session also um, raised the issues of economic matters because it's impossible to talk about the implication of the COVID crisis and not to talk to economic implication. And um, uh, the previous panel panelists, they look at this problem from um, democracy angle, how the uh, economic implications and potential slowdown uh, can uh, um, have a negative effect on democracy. Uh, our angle will be slightly different uh, because economic issues will be in the center of our conversation. I suggest that uh, we start with uh, Mr. Andrius Kubilius, and um, I uh, would like to ask you, Andrius, to start the discussion and to draw conceptual overview of how to reanimate the EU economy from the political, social, economic, and environmental angles. Please, the floor is yours. Well, uh, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, really, and uh, best regards from from Brussels, from, do you hear me? Yes, yes. Yeah, okay, sorry, yeah. Uh, so best regards from Brussels, from European Parliament. And uh, really it's, it's a privilege for me to participate in, in, in this very important conference. And uh, I will share maybe just few thoughts, you know, on, on where we are with, uh, you know, with European in, in attempts to, uh, to you know, to overcome uh, the whole you know pandemic crisis, which is uh, you know very special, very unique, very 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 global, and I will start from my 
own, you know, maybe experiences uh, since I had, you know, a chance to be two times Prime Minister of Lithuania on both occasions, you know, during the crisis, the first time on Russian crisis, the second time on, on, on global, you know, financial crisis back in 2008, 2012, when together with Valdis Dombrovskis, you know, in Latvia and Andres Ansip in, in Estonia, we were, you know, trying to, to, to find the way out from uh, the deepest, you know, economical, uh, you know, the economical crisis in the Baltic states when economies went down by, by minus 15 or, or even more, you know, percent in 2009. And, uh, and, and then I see, you know, how things are developing now. And uh, my first uh, point is very simple. Really, EU, as usually, you know, it learns a lot from, uh, you know, from, from its own experience uh, with the previous crisis. Uh, that is always my, my very simple, you know, uh, philosophy when somebody is asking, so what, how EU will develop itself in the future? I'm saying that EU was always developing itself, going from one crisis to another crisis and learning quite a lot from, from its own experience, you know, uh, with a crisis uh, uh, which, which uh, EU managed to overcome. So, EU now is really different if to look from its own instruments, what EU is using to overcome this crisis, if to compare with, uh, with the you know, situation back in 2008-2012. Then really, you know, EU was uh, quite slow in, in, in bringing some kind of uh, new instruments, new financial, you know, big packages. That was a difference from, from uh, you know, from United States and so on. Now EU started really if to if to come back you know to to the beginning of the of the pandemics back you know last year in perhaps in March, EU immediately came out with really very big uh, big uh, financial packages, like you know central bank uh, bazooka, you know even we forgot seven hundred fifty billion perhaps it was back in the last year and then of course recovery fund. Uh, new, totally new instrument. Again, with a, with a, with a, you know, of course we know everybody, all those numbers, 750 billion from, from, from that package. Member states came out also with big, big numbers, you know, big packages of, uh, of financial assistance to the business, which suffered uh, quarantine and, and pandemic. So that is, that is where, uh, what, 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 from my point of view, EU was totally different from, from what EU was doing back in 2009-2012. That's, that's really, you know, it's amazing how, 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 how different approach was, uh, was this time. Second, of course, it's uh, recovery fund is, is, is quite a unique uh, instrument. First of all, that, you know, EU started to borrow on EU behalf or started or will start to borrow, you know, uh, on EU behalf. Uh, and, and, and that is, uh, again, you know, it creates uh, almost 2% of spending capacity of EU. Uh, almost, well, it's not precisely 2%, a, a little bit less, but nevertheless, it's two times bigger spending capacity than usually EU has. The question is now, you know, uh, how we shall use this unique uh, momentum, you know, uh, and unique instruments which EU created. Of course, the goal is, uh, first of all, to, to assist member states with, you know, proper financial 
capacities to finance you know recovery but also very clear goal is you know uh, how to make economies more green how to make them more digital how to make them more modern and uh, and here of course again questions where still we need to find proper answers because uh, uh, majority of the money as usually in EU is done will be spent on a national level uh, so uh, which is from national government's point of view is not bad if i would be prime minister now i would be happy to have you know additional additional funds to spend in lithuania but from uh, from uh, eu ability to achieve major goals where eu needs really to uh, to push forward uh, becoming you know uh, either more green or, or more digital you know and to compete with uh, with other big economies like the chinese or or you know or, or american economies uh, i'm always raising that question you know in back in games the committees in, in, in plenaries when we're discussing you know either recovery fund you know uh, facility or some other you know instruments how we can how we can combine our wish that you know eu economy should become more 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 digital or more or more green and uh, and and that situation that uh, the money is spent not on eu level but on member states level and still that's not very clear for me uh, it would be good not to not to face such a, such a situation that you know we we shall spend all those you no know, recovery uh, funds during next uh, four or five years and then we shall discover that again as usually we spend all those money you know i don't know for good purposes but not for not for green not for digital purposes you know like improving the roads or whatever you know some some other as a as a big 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 project so that is where we are uh, really eu eu needs to catch up with uh, you know as a big economies on artificial intelligence on 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 new you know technologies in in energy field like clean hydrogen you know of course there is a lot of new possibilities and new demands on new technologies uh, trying to fight climate change not only how to how to you know uh, how to diminish uh, co2 emissions with very 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 ambitious plans you know to have uh, uh to have uh, you know neutral economy back in, in in 2050 we need to also to look how to remove you know how to have so-called negative emissions technologies implemented much much more that will demand you know of course uh, financial investments uh, on, on 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 new technologies but that is where really we shall need to find a way how to have you know this proper proper combination of national spending and uh, eu level ambitions on 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 really modernizing eu economy so i will stop here uh, thank you very much indeed for your um, very insight uh, uh, broad picture of um, uh, european big challenges uh, and for emphasis exactly on the new economic facilities and I suggest that uh, Ms. Celine Gauger will continue with an explanation on how the EU responded to the crisis, uh, with a special emphasis on climate neutrality target. In addition, I expect that Celine will explain 
how the uh, European Commission coordinates its support to the member states in the elaboration of their recovery and resilience facilities and plans. So, Sister Celine, the floor is yours. Thank you very much, and uh, and good morning to, uh, to 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 all of you. I'm very happy to to have this exchange this morning with uh, with uh, with all of you. Uh, let me just pick it up where, where Mr. Kubilius uh, left it, namely how can uh, the EU ensure that the, that the recovery is sustainable and how can we make sure that the spending that will, that will come from this very uh, large uh, facility is, uh, is, is, well, uh, is, well, uh, is well used. From the, from the outset, when, uh, when, the, when the Commission made the proposal for the recovery and, and resilience facility, uh, it, it was really an, an imperative for us that, that the recovery should be sustainable and that the European Green Deal that was all growth agenda before the pandemic uh, would come back uh, to the front uh, of, the, of the recovery uh, as well. And we also wanted, as, uh, as, as Mr. Grillius was saying, to, to, to learn from our previous mistakes and to learn from the recovery uh, that had taken place after, uh, after the financial crisis. Because what we saw after the financial crisis was that while the economy was, was picking up again, then the emissions, uh, the CO2 emissions, were also increasing very uh, massively. And that many of the investments that were made at the time were made into unsustainable businesses and, and, and in particular into fossil fuel. So this was exactly what, what we wanted to, um, to avoid. Uh, as, you, as you all know, to, to implement the recovery and, and resilience facility, member states will design plans, and they are actually at the moment designing plans, combining reforms and investment uh, that, they will, that they will implement with the, uh, with the financial support of the, of the facility. And, and there are within the, the design of the, of the facility a number of tools that can allow us as, as commission and as, as union, because afterwards it will be for the, for the, for the council, uh, to ensure that, that those investments and reform do contribute to, uh, to the carbon uh, target and to, uh, and, and to a carbon, carbon neutrality and to, uh, to a proper recovery. How will that work? First, there is a, um, there is a, very, a very strong uh, focus on the expenditure on the climate uh, expenditure. You have an obligation for all member states to have at least 37% of the entire amount of money available to them spent on climate relevant expenditure. So we are really looking with the member state measure by measure, investment by investment, and ensuring uh, that, that, that we have at, at least 37% uh, uh, that go really to directly uh, relevant expenditure. What we see in practice is a lot of energy efficiency investment because we know the potential for for buildings uh, to uh, to to help reducing the emissions a lot of investment as well on uh, on on transport on sustainable transport uh, on on electrification of, of railway for example or sustainable urban uh, mobility uh, we also see a lot of attention to to biodiversity and and, and forestry so first channeling the the, the money uh, to investments that do make sense from a climate uh, perspective the second lever we have uh, is the application of the do no significant harm principle. The, the regulation foresees that no measure in the plan, so no investment, no reform, can uh, cause significant harm to the climate and the environment. And it is really a measure by measure. It's not an overall global assessment. It is a very rigorous uh, assessment, which is meant 
uh, to be done in, in the spirit of the taxonomy regulation. So, you know, the, the, the taxonomy regulation that applies to private investment. So here, again, we have a very rigorous approach, ensuring that not only the 37% investment that are climate relevant will be good, but that the whole plan and the 63 other percent uh, will also uh, uh, contribute to, uh, to the fight against, uh, against climate change. Thirdly, the plans have to have a combination between reforms and investment. It's not like another structural fund. It's not like uh, another regional uh, spending. And that means that we have to have a, a policy consistency in the measures included in a plan. What is the point uh, of, for example, rolling out uh, uh, charging stations for e-vehicle uh, if at the same time you maintain a taxation system that is favoring diesel uh, and, and, uh, and, and fossil fuel in, in, in general? So you really need to have uh, a consistency in the policy making and consistency between the reforms and the investment in the plans. And that is something that we are discussing very intensively with the, with the, with the member states. And finally, uh, the EU will uh, endeavor to uh, issue uh, the, 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 the debt, uh, so to borrow the funds, through the use of 30% of green bonds. And, and the mere fact that we will try to, to develop the, the, the capital markets with, with, with the, 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 grow, the biggest uh, ever scope of, uh, of, of green bonds issued uh, anywhere actually in the world, uh, will also then, then contribute to, uh, to more liquidity on those markets uh, and, and, and to better financing for green. For green investment. If I, if I zoom a little bit on the, on, on the Baltic state, we see that all of these principles and, 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 and levers will have ample uh, scope for, for, for application. We, we see in, in, in the work that is ongoing on the, on, on the plan uh, a lot of attention to sustainable transport, uh, which, which is a, one of the biggest causes of, uh, of, uh, of, of emissions in the, in the Baltic state in particular. There is also a lot of scope and need for, for investing in circular economy and, 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 and have uh, better use of, uh, of scarce uh, resources and, uh, and, and, and material. And, and finally, there's also a, a lot of potential for rolling out more renewable energy, uh, energy sources, and at least in, in, in one of the three Baltics, moving out of, uh, of, uh, of fossil fuels and, 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 and very polluting uh, energy, uh, energy sources. And for all of them, we also have a lot of scope for working on, uh, on, on, green, on green taxes. So now, as I mentioned before, we are really working on, on the finalization of the, of, of the plans. The objective for the, for the member states uh, is to submit them by the end of, uh, of, of April, uh, and then uh, paving the way for, for an assessment by the Commission and, uh, and an approval by the Council to make the, the fund available as, uh, as soon as possible. So I would, I would leave it there for, for, for the moment and, and hope to have uh, given some, some ammunition to those who think that, that the recovery should really, be, uh, should really be green. Thank you. Uh, many thanks, Celine, for your very um, uh, broad uh, picture of how to deal with uh, and how to use and invest effectively uh, the, um, uh, the resources which uh, uh, European Union uh, allocate for, for the member states. Uh, but let me uh, now uh, kindly ask uh, Mr. Zoltan Pogatsa to provide a um, broader picture uh, not only focusing of uh, RF, but also to give your arguments on whether the EU economic response to the crisis uh, seems sufficient and uh, what the EU potentially could have done better to prevent severe consequences and encourage future sustainable growth. Uh, the floor is yours. Seven minutes, please. 
Yeah, thank you very much. Um, I think I agree quite a lot with Prime Minister Kubilius when he says that the EU today is uh, very different from what it was 10 years ago. Um, I think if you go back to the time when the Eurozone tried to handle the Eurozone crisis, especially on the periphery, uh, in Ireland, in the Mediterranean, uh, and elsewhere, I think what you saw at the time was primarily a logic of austerity. Uh, so there was uh, definitely not a Keynesian anti-cyclical thinking. Uh, there was even a denial of uh, uh, using monetary policy uh, in the Eurozone to uh, to boost demand, and definitely there was a blocking of the common European bond, uh, call it a blue bond or whatever the name is, but there was definitely uh, a, a, a blockage of that. Now, uh, fast forward 10 years to today, uh, and you have a completely different response. So the, the philosophy today is, I would say, mainly Keynesian counter-cyclical, the uh, most important international uh, financial institutions are saying spend, 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 and it's not only the ECB or the European Commission, but it's also the OECD and the IMF. Everybody, uh, Unisolo, I think, is saying spend, 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 even for those countries which are on the periphery. Um, also, we have the acceptance of the common European bond, which I think is an enormous step forward in uh, diversifying risk and sharing solidarity in, in monetary affairs. And it's a very necessary step in building a, uh, a common European currency. Uh, what to me was a, 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 an enormous indication of how successful this is, that is a the interview that German for, German finance, former German finance minister Wolfgang Schäuble gave, I think, to the Financial Times, if I remember correctly, in which he actually remembered that he was always in favor of the common European bond. Now, if Wolfgang Schäuble remembers that he was always in favor, then I think that the idea is definitely one through. Uh, most of us remember differently, but I'm sure he's right and he remembers correctly. Uh, so to me, in a sense, this is a sort of at least a passive acceptance of the fact that the Eurozone was mishandled 10 years ago and the philosophy of austerity did a lot of harm to the, uh, to the periphery of the Eurozone rather than good. Uh, but let's put that aside and let's be happy about the fact that now the response is very different and it's a much more positive response. So I'm very happy about this change of philosophy in in the eu and the eurozone i'm a little bit more skeptical about sustainability and the reason why i'm i'm a little bit more skeptical is because i think it's difficult to conceptualize sustainability only in a european context so you might see the co2 emissions of certain european countries decrease you might even see the, the co2 emissions of most european countries decrease but you put that into a global perspective, and a large part of the reason for that is because we have outsourced our production in the meantime, mostly to China. So the reason why a lot of us have decreasing CO2 emissions is because the effective physical production has gone over to China. Uh, so if you look at the actual CO2 production, uh, CO2 emissions of China, it has increased incredibly. 
the CO2 emissions of international transport have increased incredibly. So the overall picture is that actually global CO2 emissions are still increasing. And according to the Paris uh, Climate Agreement, we should be seeing decreasing, not only stable, but decreasing CO2 emissions overall globally. Uh, but what's actually been happening is that the, the, more, the developed world, uh, and the EU definitely counts as part of the developed world, has actually outsourced much of its production to, to China, physical production, which actually uh, involves a lot of CO2. So I think it's very difficult to conceptualize, to, to be uh, triumphant about the successes of the EU alone. I think this should be seen as a global system. And in that sense, I'm not so optimistic uh, about the sustainability of uh, the global economy as a, as a holistic unit, rather than just separating off uh, individual EU countries and uh, looking at their CO2 emissions. I think that's the wrong approach. Um, I stop there. Thank you. Uh, thank you indeed, uh, Zoltan, for some uh, very <laughs> interesting and even provocative remarks. Personally, I am I cannot agree with you uh, with the wrong uh, with a statement that the uh, European Union was doing uh, responding uh, wrong in the past and responding right now because the nature of all economic crises are different and the response is different. But it's my personal opinion, I think, that we can leave uh, uh, the space in final remarks for the other participants of the panel to react on this statement. Anyway, now I would uh, like to ask Mr. Martin Schabulinch uh, to talk about um, opportunities and risks of the implementing uh, um, resi resilience and recovery facility exactly using Latvia as an example, because uh, as Celine rightly pointed out, the member states are now working very hard uh, on um, designing their plans and also on uh, finding compromise in negotiation with the European Commission and with the society, uh, with the national uh, citizens, stakeholders, partners, and so on. Uh, together with uh, Martin Jabolinch, we also are engaged into assessment of, of the Latvian um, resilience and uh, recovery uh, facility uh, and plan uh, from the um, uh, Fiscal uh, Discipline Council. So, Martin, what are the major challenges uh, to achieve ambitious technological and environmental transformation aimed at accelerating post-crisis recovery. The floor is yours. Seven minutes. Unmute. Hey. Uh, yes, thank you very much for this opportunity uh, to speak and um, to give my thoughts on, on this very important issue. I think I would like to start with uh, just a few remarks on, on a more global level, and then we move uh, to the specific example of Latvia. Um, I recently was uh, very profoundly struck by, by the observation uh, by economic historian Adam Tooze, uh, who noted that basically with every crisis, uh, Europe falls further and further behind the US. And so we should think really carefully what it says about Europe and, and where, where are the problems. 
And uh, in crisis, I think this crisis shows that again, it's very important to act quickly uh, and EU can do it in some areas. Uh, ECB uh, has done it. We have uh, exclusive competences on trade, on single market. But what happens a lot of times we end up building institutions during the crisis to cope with this, uh, as Ina correctly pointed out, every crisis is different. And so we have to build institutions first. Um, and so this is why I think the recovery fund is really a big deal. We have a, a broad political agreement across Europe. Uh, but at the same time, I think this is also a risk uh, that it creates is that it is very important that this plan succeeds because it will lay groundwork for further cooperation within Europe and how we tackle all of these major uh, challenges because understand the global climate change and digital transformation, they will not be solved by this one of facility, by this one of plan. Uh, we will need uh, more cooperation going forward. And so I think this is very important that this plan succeeds uh, and it is not perceived as a failure. Uh, and uh, as Prime Minister Kubilis already pointed out, the investment is happening on the local level, uh, on the member state level. So it's, it is actually very important that it's happening in the member states and in each and every one of them. And so looking from a member state perspective, from a Latvian perspective, I think the big issue is that um, there are there is some collision between national and EU priorities. Uh, and there is a question, are we all fully on board uh, these EU priorities? Um, uh, because there is strong sense, uh, I think, also in Latvia, but uh, in other countries as well, that the economic uh, growth and economic convergence, which is very important for our region, uh, are more, uh, so they, they are competing, not uh, complementary uh, to the climate uh, objectives. So in a way, we have to choose between economic growth or, uh, or climate action. Um, and so this feeling then leads to the fact that if we look on our uh, on our plans and our uh, strategic initiatives in uh, in other areas, uh, climate change is not integrated into those. So tackling climate climate change is not integrated into the plans for transport sector or other sectors. Uh, so they, they are sort of in in a, in a separate uh, dimension. Um, and for me, uh, looking also on the, on the initiatives, I think the there is clear risk that uh, we see this EU recovery fund as just another uh, source of funding uh, to use uh, and to plug our domestic investment needs in all areas. It is either it is roads or it is public buildings, building hospitals, or or a lot of different other investments, which are of course needed, and some of them can be supportive of climate targets because you can build uh, greener infrastructure, more energy efficient. Uh, but I don't think we are seeing very much, uh, sort of, uh, at least on, on our level, committed push to the to the green uh, or, or to the climate uh, targets, um, because as we all know, uh, the major challenges for emissions, we have uh, transport, we have energy sector, we have agriculture. Uh, for us uh, in the Baltics, especially in the Latvia, there's still a lot of low hanging fruits in these areas, uh, energy efficiency in housing, uh, renewable energy production, where we could uh, make investments uh, which are already also beneficial for uh, for economic growth, uh, but we are not seeing at the moment this uh, this push. And so um, uh, the climate agenda and climate targets, uh, while we do have them and we look at them, uh, they do not yet form a part of a comprehensible strategy uh, for the development of the country. Um, 
and furthermore, I think it is also a risk that we are uh, not only seeking to use the, the funds to plug investment needs in other areas, uh, but we also uh, take away focus uh, from the climate targets because we see that, uh, okay, we will reach the climate targets with EU funding, and so we don't have to put our own investments, our own money into those targets. Uh, and so I think this is, uh, this is creating uh, significant risks uh, that the plan uh, will uh, not deliver sufficiently on the EU objectives. And then this is a risk uh, also for the, for the union uh, because this is a very unique instrument. Uh, there is unique uh, political agreement for, to have this instrument uh, and to facilitate uh, not only recovery from the COVID-19 crisis, but also uh, growth in the European economy and, and uh, shift uh, to this greener and more digital economy. So if we don't seize it at the member state level, uh, then it cannot succeed on a European level. So uh, that are my initial remarks. Thank you. Uh, many thanks, Martin. Just we are running out of time. We have not a lot of time left. I would like now to give the follow up, uh, uh, the follow up floor to Celine uh, to react uh, first of all on uh, on some doubts of participants, uh, especially on environmental objectives. In addition, in, in addition. Uh, to my um, knowledge, 37% uh, indeed must be invested in various environment objectives according to do no significant harm principle. And how does this principle correspond to the vital need of the member states to accelerate recovery from COVID crisis and return to stable growth? Uh, Celine? Thank you very much. Uh, yes, a, a few a few reactions to the to the points that uh, that were just uh, that were just made. Uh, first, on the global dimension of the of the of the need to reduce emissions, uh, I, I fully agree with uh, with with this that that this is not something that EU, the EU can do in its own reducing emissions only in the EU without also having uh, an engagement at the at international level uh, and, and and trying to 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 to, to get uh, on board. Uh, the, the the very big uh, emitters uh, outside the outside the EU uh, would not make any any sense. Uh, so it it is a combination of both, and 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 uh, with the change of administration that we have just seen in the in in the US and and the renewed commitment to the to the Paris Agreement with the dialogue that we are uh, uh, having with, uh, with with China, I think there is there is a, a very big hope again uh, that uh, that we will not be the only one having seen the climate urgency, but that this will be shared. Uh, and and the best way uh, for us to accompany that uh, that uh, that that movement is 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 also to do our part, uh, and 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 to walk the talk uh, that uh, that we are having at uh, at uh, international level, and that's why I I think that it is an absolute must to 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 have a green recovery uh, for 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 the EU. On um, on 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 how do we uh, do we ensure the success of the of the of the of the facility? And and I I, I take very much the, um, the 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 points that you were making on it shouldn't be another pot of money. It is not a top-up on on the structural funds that uh, that that uh, that the Baltic countries are are, are getting uh, for 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 many many years. It is a, a different uh, instrument, and that different instruments requires a strategy. I think that um, uh, Martin Zabolins was was making the making the point that if it's just simply plugging some holes in in, in the national budget or substituting uh, the national budget with the, with the, with the recovery money, it's not going to have any impact 
it's not going to be good for 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 the for the recovery and not for the resilience of uh, of those economies and and this is something that in some of the plans are actually quite missing for the moment which is this overall strategy on how do we want the recovery to be and how are we using in complementarity to other sources of funding some money from this facility so that's one of the of the key topics that we have uh, with, uh, with with the countries and in particular with uh, with the three countries uh, at the at, at the moment and and how to guide this uh, i think we we have three three tools there we have the country specific recommendations that have highlighted year after year uh, the weaknesses uh, of, uh, of 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 the national economies and have given really uh, very good hooks for the reform that have to be that have to be done and then we have the targets because because those targets are very ambitious and really require a, a lot of investment to be to be put in and uh, and then finally to 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 come back on your point on do no significant harm how can that be consistent with 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 growth? It is consistent with growth because uh, because you, you you cannot think that competitiveness in 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 the middle uh, term uh, will uh, will be secured by investing in in uh, in, in in polluting uh, industries because simply uh, the, the 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 evolution of the carbon price uh, not only uh, in the EU but but more but more globally is going to make those uh, those industry non-competitive and if we want to stay. Uh, competitive and if we want to regain the competitiveness that we that we have lost we need to be at the forefront of those technologies because everyone including china including the us will be needing them so this is we, we think there is no there is no discrepancy or there is no contradiction between the growth uh, and, and 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 the climate or the fight against climate change or the sustainable investments uh, one is basically what is needed to 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 to, to reach the um, the other thank you uh, thank you very much, Celine. We got one question from the audience. Uh, how do challenges posed by a pandemic affect uh, posed by a pandemic affect climate strategies? Are there difficult choices at the national and EU level? And I would like to ask uh, Mr. Kubilius uh, to to answer this uh, question, please. Well, uh, thanks a lot. Uh... So, uh, definitely, that is a question for perhaps for national uh, politicians more than for member of European Parliament. But I can imagine that really, it's it has some some uh, you know. Uh, from one side, of course, uh, you know there is some some kind of conflict of of goals. Now, now, really, you know, all the member states are, are fighting with still real pandemics. You know with uh, quarantines which you know closed all the economies and and uh, and you know and still uh, still okay vaccination is starting to go on but as we see you know especially in 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 our neighborhood you know for example our 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 neighbors estonians are struggling you know with with uh, really very 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 huge wave of new you know infections and so on and so on so that is Definitely, that for time being, I can imagine that the governments are not uh, thinking too much about you know climate change. They are thinking about you know how to how to how to overcome you know this pandemic. But uh, well, I hope that you know it's it's not you know it's not uh, it's not permanent pandemic. You know. I hope that nevertheless, you know, with, with with vaccinations, with everything else, you know, we shall we shall get rid of of, of that big problem. And then definitely, you know, with that instrument, which was created like recovery fund, uh, we shall we shall go, you know, for recovery of economy, having a go where to invest. The question is, you know, how much? And I, I'm trying to to think about a, 
Now, what's uh, uh, now how how much uh, political communities in our country, such countries like Baltic states, how much they they are grasping this goal you know, of uh, fight against climate change. I see the problem that you know usually in 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 the in Lithuania, for example, uh, among political community mentality is very simple. We are a small country, small economy. We can fight, you know, against climate change, uh, whatever. We can, you know, diminish all the emissions 100% tomorrow, you know. But what will be our impact on, on global, you know, on global emissions? So there is no, no, still no such kind of, you know, urgency that we need to do our job. Uh, but I think that things, things are starting to move. Of course, uh, Perhaps for us, again, I am looking to somebody who knows maybe better national economies you know, and their structure. Uh, for us, it's an issue that our abilities uh, uh, to have, you know, easy fruits in, in, in you know, low-hanging low fruits, you know, in, in fighting against CO2 are quite limited. We do not have heavy industry or what we had, as, as, as the previous speaker mentioned, you know, maybe it went to, to China. So uh, then the question is where we can uh, find you know, new, new abilities really to, to, to diminish uh, CO2 emissions. Perhaps it's agriculture and transport. Uh, where again, you know, uh, uh, possibilities are, are not so easy you know, to, be, to, be, uh, to be effectively used. But uh, I hope that, you know, I hope that uh, really we shall we shall uh, we shall use those opportunities, uh, uh, which are opening with the new financial you know instruments, uh, as it was said before, to use those instruments really for for the goals which which allow to diminish you know CO two emissions. Second, I think that we are you know we need to see also that. Uh, as, as it is uh, very clearly shown in different, you know, uh, in different uh, panels, international panels of experts, you know, who are looking into what to do with climate change, that there is a need not only to, to see how to cut emissions, but also to look into new possibilities, how to remove CO2, you know, from atmosphere. Since you know only cutting uh, emissions, we can achieve only about eighty or ninety percent of, of of the total goal. And here, our scientists should look. You know, our researchers should look into into some kind of you know possibilities to to develop new 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 technologies and things like that. So that is where we need to find really our our place in this you know general line. You know, which uh, general line of Green Deal which EU is raising up, you know, globally, we need to find our, our place as smaller economies, smaller, smaller nations, uh, and to use opportunities in the best way. Uh, thank you very much, uh, colleagues. I'm sorry, but I do not have time for the final remarks to Zoltan and to Martin. Really sorry for that. Uh, just uh, let's try to uh, benefit from the unique opportunity which European Commission and European Union in general is giving to the member states. Um, we have really a unique chance uh, to, to achieve major changes in technology, structural changes, uh, 
uh, environment goals. Uh, and uh, in the ideal case, all these structural and institutional changes will be encouraged by the national governments with the support of the uh, European Union, uh, where our recovery and resilience uh, facility is a very good example of the new instrument. Uh, in the worst case, uh, the process of changes will take place despite rather than thanks to the national governments and the EU efforts. And I think that we should prevent this uh, bad scenario. Um, uh, indeed, in the future, we have to, we have a lot of challenges in front of us. Uh, and uh, I hope that some of these challenges will be discussed in the next panel. Uh, and let me uh, remind you that um, um, three uh, parallel panels will start at um, uh, 1.30. Uh, and these panels will be hosted by the three Baltic capitals. Uh, there will be a parallel conversations. The first one hosted by Tallinn is on um, European strategic autonomy. So is European uh, strategic economy, uh, autonomy growing stronger? Uh, the second pa uh, panel uh, are the constant, constant prices um, toughening up the European Union will be hosted by Riga. And the last but not least, what is the temperature of the European neighborhood policy will be hosted by Vilnius. Uh, uh, thank you very much for all who uh, joins our conversation, and I uh, wish you to have to enjoy the rest of our discussion and to benefit from um, very distinguished speakers of this conference. Thank you very much. Bye.